Welcome to the McCovey Croncast, the greatest San Francisco Giants baseball podcast of all time. And now here are your hosts, McCoveyChronicles.com site contributors Brian Murphy, Doug Bruzzoni, and Sammy Higgins. It is the end of the third week of the season. The Giants are six and nine. Nice. All right. <laughs> and we are going to talk about it. It is Brian Murphy, Doug Brizzoni, Sammy Higgins joining you for another McCovey Croncast. It's our 76th Croncast. 76, that's the Giants' ceiling for wins this year, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's on yeah. the optimistic end. Yeah, it's the ceiling. I mean, they. I, how cocky were we after two weeks when they were like? Look, I, I just I said this last week. It is still technically true. Uh, starting seventy three and nine is still on the table. <laughs> That's right. They'd have to win a lot of games, <laughs> and those they, those back to backs on the East Coast trips are going to be tough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not liking their uh, three-point shooting. Not, uh, not liking a lot of their shooting, to be honest. Anyway, the Giants, they can't hit, and a lot of the time they're having trouble pitching. And I, I think at this point, it's, it's just a lot of water coming, coming over the side of the ship. And I, I kind of feel like it's, I don't know, it feels like the rest of this month already was going to make, make or break the season. The first month of baseball seasons, before you turn this off, people listening are important they they are they are very hard to come back from if you're really bad i think the angels very recently had consecutive seasons where they had just dreadful aprils they like won between like 10 and 13 games or something and then the rest of their season they would be fantastic but just the ground they'd have to cover to make up for their bad first month they didn't make the playoffs and they they just struggled with with that sense in that sense I would say that the, these giants are not those angels in that if they're bad in this month, it tells us how they're going to be for most of the season. Um, that just seems to be, uh, it feels more correct than anything, not just the players they're losing. The players they have are across the board bad. If I, you know, there are five bad hitters in the Giants lineup on any given night. That's unsustainable. And yet they're sustaining the badness. I'm just saying for their long-term success, that's not sustainable. They can't keep going that way. Uh, I don't have any answers when I look at them. I just go, they look overmatched. Yeah, I mean, yeah. other teams are better than that. Yes, is, is the every main team issue. has been better than them. <laughs> to be fair, the Dodgers have been exactly as good as them in terms of wins and losses. This They've is, outscored them yes. by a lot, but yes. wins and losses. Yes. Scoreboard. I think whatever whatever gains or luck they've had on the pitching side, they've just given away with being unable to hit. And, I mean, listen, folks, if you think we're not going to mention Brandon Belt in this podcast, you are mistaken. That will be discussed <laughs> in a moment. But let's just real quick go down the, the lineup. And let's go down the one that Bruce Bochy seems to configure whenever there's a left-hander on the mound. Which, by the way, as of... 15 games in the season, the Giants have faced eight left-handed starters already, which is nuts. And they, they've they also scored one or zero runs. Sorry, they faced 10 left-handed starters. They've scored eight one run or no runs eight times. That's nuts. So more than, you know, two-thirds of their games, left-handed starters. And then uh, over half of their games, they've scored one run or fewer. The most common lineup against left-handed pitchers... Austin Jackson leads off, Joe Panic, Andrew McCutcheon. Let's go with Buster Posey and not Nick Hunley in the cleanup role there. Um, Evan Longoria, <laughs> Hunter Pence, Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, and then the pitcher's spot. Uh, lineup order, whatever. I'm not really getting into that. I'm just saying let's give a typical lineup because, again, the Giants have faced 10 left-handed starting pitchers. That's, their typical lineup is this left-handed lineup. Um, and that's if Brandon Belt gets to play. What's that? And that's if Brandon Belt gets to play. That's right. Which, again, we'll, we'll get to that. But I think let's let the Brandon Belt heat build up. Let's Like a popcorn <laughs> popper. Let's just uh, put it on the stovetop here for a minute. Um, Austin Jackson is not a leadoff hitter, in my, in my expert opinion. My expert opinion is watching baseball. 
And looking at his stat line, he's actually really a really solid player, and he has a really great on-base percentage. But his, like, versus last year to this year, you know, he's off to a shaky start. We'll go with that. I would just say he's not typically the the uh, leadoff hitter you'd, you'd want. It's not uh, about taking pitches. It's not about, you know, working counts, whatever it is. I liked him down in the order. He's just not getting on base enough anyway. So at 15 games, you can just the the line that the Giants management's going to use. This is helping with the belt discussion. I promise. It's only 15 games. Nothing that's happened means anything. Nothing at all. Even though we know that their record in 15 games can be very problematic for the team the rest of the season. But let's just go with individual performances. So after 15 games, Austin Jackson's 554 OPS means nothing. Got it. <laughs> Joe Panic's 871 OPS, for some reason, though, means a lot. Because it's good. <laughs> Joe Panic should just be the leadoff hitter. Doesn't matter if they're facing left-handed hitter or pitchers or right-handed pitchers. Because even when he's not doing well against left-handed pitchers, and I think we'd all agree he doesn't look great against them. He also doesn't look so terrible that you're like, why is he even playing in the game? And chances are, if he knows he's going to, he's a smart enough player that for him, he's just going to get in there and just stand there and take a couple of pitches, knowing he's probably still going to get out to end the at-bat. Austin Jackson is a great hitter to ambush the first pitch, fastball, do those types of things. He's a great hitter. I still like him down lower in in the order. And Joe Panic being as hard a guy to strike out as he is, I think works out better in the top. Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon sneakily is, save for two big hits, feels like he's been hitting as well as Evan Longoria this season. And that doesn't get talked yeah, about at all. One two hits. I, I will give you that. There's, there's <laughs> that. There's that for sure. But he's certainly struggled quite a bit and has certainly struck out or hit into double plays when they didn't need him to. Uh, he certainly struck out a lot more when they didn't need him to than anything else. Um, I, I like McCutcheon as the number two hitter. I like him there. I think that's a better spot for him, but that's maybe that's just me. Anyway, Buster Posey, I mean, can we say anything bad about Buster Posey? Probably not. Probably shouldn't. No. Yeah. No. Buster po- yeah, and he's fine there, but I like, I like him in the third spot. I just like moving the good hitters up more. I, I like him in the fourth spot um, for the reason that you want, you know, one of your best hitters in your in the fourth spot because he has a high on base percentage, and so when he leads off an inning, like he often will lead off the second inning, it's a lot more likely that he'll get on base. Um, and if he's in the third spot, you're kind of going to waste that. So that's why I kind of like him clean up. Okay, Evan Longoria. Uh, I mean, work in progress. Eight. <laughs> Get him eighth. It worked for Brandon Crawford. Turned Brandon Crawford into an all-star. So well, this, this is the this is the question when it comes to veterans. Like you can't hit a veteran in the eighth spot because that's disrespectful. You can't hit a veteran maybe in the seventh spot because it's too close to the eighth spot. And you can't hit a veteran in the sixth spot because he's used to hitting be above the sixth spot. Again, baseball players are scumbags and nothing makes any sense. They're all idiots. It doesn't matter. Evan Longoria has surprisingly not hit into as many double plays as I thought, but that's only because he can't make contact with the ball most of the time. Um, I would, I wish I had pulled up or found the stats of how many times he's swung and missed, you know, how many swings he's taken in a major league game this year, and how many times he's actually made contact. Because I feel like it's less than 50%. I feel like I've lost you both on that. No, no one wants to hear this. <laughs> I'm looking at his number. Well, it. I mean, he's. Sw- I'm not talking like about that. balls he puts in plays, just even pitches he fouls off. I, it doesn't. When I think of fouling off pitches, I don't think of Evan Longoria. <laughs> he just seems to swing and miss or swing and hit it. Um, I don't know. He's had. I mean, just um, small sample supply, but from the few games I watched this week, I mean, he had a few battles at the plate. So when he wasn't just going down, not all of them, but. You know, he... I would say the Padres series, he's definitely, if you want to say, you hope he's turned a corner, I'll go that far. It certainly, he showed you flashes of he could. One thing that's been very strange from the first series to every game since, and even in this Padres series, 
he his selectivity seems to have gone down, which seemed like an interesting, you know, if you're not going to make contact, at least you're being selective. Uh, but I guess at this point he can't be selective. He just needs to try desperately to do something. Um, so um, according to fan graphs, he, uh, he is swinging way more than he ever has, or he's swinging more than he ever has, um, a lot more than he ever has at pitches out of the zone, and he's making less contact than he ever has. Like, by a lot. It's only 15 games, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And pitchers are throwing him fewer pitches in the strike zone. So, yeah. He is making making contact on a lot of pitches in the zone. He's just getting less of them, and he's swinging more of them out of the zone. So, and he's not hitting any of those. Like, in his career, yeah. In his career, he's hit... Uh, I don't. I'm going to bore you with numbers for just a second here because the numbers are kind of striking. In his in his career, he swung at 62% of balls, or he's he's made contact on on 62% of balls outside of the zone. This year, it's been 40%. That sounds high. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's before it was before Sunday, so I don't think it's been updated. He's uh, he's there's nothing remotely interesting about about what's happening. It's just all distressing. Uh, the Giants have put a lot in on this, and I was thinking before yesterday's game, I was just thinking if this thing goes south, and I feel like we'll know by the end of the month, we'll have a pretty good sense of how this is going to go. You know, how long is it going to take for the Giants to accept that reality? I think it's going to take them another couple of years before they accept the reality of the first month of the season. But the bigger part is let's assume something weird happens, and, you know, Bobby Evans is on a treadmill and he slips and falls and hits his head and gets this idea of, oh, I should be like every other team in my situation and try to reload and move well, some pieces. Okay, I, is Longoria a part of that? I'm sorry. I've got to step in here and remind you guys that like we're missing three of our starting pitchers. They're not going to make any drastic moves when you're missing three of the rotation, three of the starting pitchers that were supposed to be part of the rotation to start the season. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say they should wait and see when these pitchers come back because this, you know, this isn't exactly what they planned on the season to look like. Yeah, but if they're 15 under by the time they're back at full strength pitching-wise, it's not going to matter. I would also like to say coming into Sunday, the Giants were 27th in the majors in runs scored. Right. So that. That's going to be an issue no matter who they've got in the rotation. Another factor of it, I mean, yes, you're totally right, Sammy, that that's, what, that's definitely going to be the line that they use, but that's essentially like we're, we're going to wait and see what happens you know, after you struck the iceberg in a lot of ways. Well, right, but I mean, if we're going to look, I mean, obviously the offense is an issue, but if you're like looking at who's pitching for the giant aside from bullpen aside i mean they're they're getting taxed because they're having to come into the game in like the fifth fourth sixth innings and they're gonna they're having to work a lot harder than they so i I think it's fair to say that when starting pitchers that way plan to start the season come back that things are going to be a little different and that's going to be like starting this week so well i I, i'm not really even yeah I, i don't think i have much criticism of the pitching staff except the the gooey middle of the bullpen but that's what all gooey middles of bullpens are. They're just, they're the refuge of the damned and there's nothing good about them most of the time. And we're seeing that. And when you have, you know, really fresh green starters, they're going to not last very long. But in addition to being 27th in runs scored, the giants as a team, as a team, as a team have struck out 141 times and walked 40 times, 41 times. That's updated. That's nuts. <laughs> so they've struck out 100 more times than they've walked. They struck out 12 times yesterday and walked once. And it's all because of this, this infernal invention of the curveball. Who invented this strange pitch? <laughs> oh, his, his name was Candy Cummings. That's true. He, that's, that's not a porn star. That's, that's Candy Cummings invented the curveball because he, like Joey Lucchese, the Padres starter last year, or yesterday, grew up hating the Giants, right? That's that what exactly. happened? Exactly. <laughs> He's like, those New York Gothams. That's right. <laughs> I'll show them what for. I'll take them down several pegs. 
They won't know what hit them, because they won't be able to hit this curving ball. Uh, I I think it's hilarious that the Giants are it, all it literally takes is one pitch. I think it's funny. They're supposed to be a professional baseball team, and every single hitter on that team, like the Giants, for all their planning, you know, they, they overlooked one thing: none of these guys can hit the curveball. <laughs> they somehow maybe that was why all the teams were willing to give them these players. <laughs> They're like, you know, the NL West has a lot of really good uh, curveballs in there. What if? Oh, yeah, we'll give them all of our curveball hitting guys. Can't hit a curveball, guys. Uh, That has nothing to do with Evan Longoria not being able to touch pitches at all. Uh, Let's drop right down to Hunter Pence because we kind of avoided that. Uh, I think the biggest sign that Hunter Pence's career is is in full-on five-alarm fire mode is on his birthday, he was maybe the worst he's been all season, and he's been pretty bad. Like he struck out, was it, three times. And he left runners in scoring position, and his swing looks like he's late on everything. He was, excuse me, he had a hit. He's one for four with two strikeouts, and he left three on base. But man, oh man, does his swing look like he's swinging underwater, and he just seems as discombobulated as he ever has. And I th- it's just hard for me to separate last year from this year. And it's hard for me to ignore the age of these players and their perform and, and the sample size. Does that make sense? I can't. There's like two key things that every fan and people in the organization are able to do. Last year never happened, and it doesn't matter how old these guys are because it's only 15 games. I can't do that. Like Hunter Pence looks as bad through these 15 games as he did through spring training, as he did through most of last season. How am I supposed to ignore that? How are we supposed so, to ignore that? Here's what I will say in Hunter Pence's defense, keeping in mind that I don't believe that Hunter Pence is good now. But if he was good and he was just having a bad stretch, this is what he would look like because you cannot – you have never been able to apply the eye test to Hunter Pence. That's um, true. Grant, Grant wrote that famous scouting report years ago about him that has all those amazing, you know – descriptions of him that I don't remember and like every one of them is nothing he has ever done on a baseball field has looked like it should work but for like a decade it did um I'm I don't think it still works I am pretty firmly in the camp of hey there's this other guy who maybe we could call up and give a chance to which I'm I'm guessing we'll get to later uh but just because he looks really bad when he's in a slump I mean Hunter Pence more than any other baseball player I've ever watched always looks bad. He looked bad. He was a great player. He looked bad. He looked, you know, he, when he threw the ball, I remember this when, when they traded for him, I'd never really watched Hunter Pence throw a ball before. He would throw a ball from right field. And I'd be like, he's short arming that like sidearm and he's getting a ton on it. I don't understand anything about him. Um, so yes, that's the possibility that he, he, it could all come together and he could be the guy he was, a few years ago, but on the other hand, those are not skills that tend to age well, and Hunter Pence is aging, and it's not fun. I would say that one thing that my my gauge of how is Hunter Pence doing is when he's able to slash a ball to right center field, and it has that spin on it that just hooks hooks away from the center fielder to the center fielder's left. And uh, it's it's not an inside out swing. It's just he's putting a swing on a, usually on an inside pitch, and he's able to get it to go. And the other night, I think it was the seven to one win. He had a hit like that. It didn't it didn't have the power, but it still kind of sliced. It was just kind of more dumped in for a single, which both made me slightly optimistic and also incredibly sad. It made me go, oh, he's getting his swing back. And then he said, and then I thought. Oh, but his power is diminished because he's getting older. <laughs> like, that should have been a double, and it wasn't. So, you know, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I don't even want to rag on Hunter Pence. I'm just going down the lineup, you know, the Giants. You're right, Sammy. They, but I feel like the pitching's done as well as it can, considering the shape that it's in. And the offense has been so completely right. But my, not my- even close to what they planned. 
my point was more that in those closer games or those lower scoring games, you're going to see a difference when the regular pitchers are back. But it won't matter if they just lose those same games two to nothing, which is what it's it's trending towards at this point. Then that's I mean now let's just go to the let's go to the guy let's go to Brandon Belt the next on the on the list. Brandon Belt, the worst hitter in in the modern era of Giants baseball. I'm just going off of what they tell us on on the radio and TV sometimes. So Brandon Belt's the de facto worst hitter in base in in Giants history. Yeah, he's Johnny LaBelle. Johnny LaBelle. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, here's here's the thing: that anything that is said on Giants telecasts has the endorsement of the team. Unless there's some sort of retraction or apology after the game, the Giants own the mechanisms that broadcast them. This is not some freelancer they've just hired. So the idea that Brandon Belt gets the vocal criticism from their broadcast team, and it is in tone, and sometimes it's in words. And I pointed this out in, in one of the recaps where they, you know, Kuiper and Kruko in separate innings, separate Brandon Belt at bats, both took thrown shot at him. One of those being Kruko Kuiper saying, "Hey, Belt should bunt more," and Kruko saying, "Yeah, but only in these circumstances." So I don't like that he bunted. And then Kuiper's attack was more or less, "You've got to swing when it's close." And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be diplomatic about this. Brandon Belt should swing more. He is taking close pitches, and he's making things worse for him, but by completely nuts people. I'm apparently the, a bad, nutty Giants fan because I have a view of the team that's not always positive. But I don't know why these same people can't admit that they are nuts when it comes to Brandon Belt in the complete wrong sense. So many people are wrong about Brandon Belt constantly. It's just head-scratching. It's like everyone takes their anger about the Giants or their lives and dumps it on Brandon Belt, which he can take it because he's his shoulders... They slump, but if you notice, they don't hit the ground. So, <laughs> you can take it. My spiel on Brandon Belt is this. Brandon Belt needs to carry the offense. And when he's not, that, that somehow it's unfair, but that's what it is. He's been, he's, been some, you know, he's been christened as the guy that Giants fans think should be carrying the offense. And when he doesn't, he creates more problems for himself. It's completely unrealistic. It's, kind, it's really stupid. And it, that's just the way it is. And it sucks, but that's just the way it is. The, I have no sympathy for the Giants, though. They didn't have to sign him to a contract, and they could have traded him when I wrote that article last year if they were really listening, which they're not. <laughs> so that is my Brandon Belt speech. Both sides are in a, a, a tough spot. They're both going to be miserable for stretches of times and then not. Sammy, I think you have opinions on Brandon Belt. Um, I don't know. You know, it, it's not worth it to me to argue with those people anymore. I've spent too much of my life on those people. So um, my opinion is Brandon Belt is good at baseball, and he should not be benched every time they want Buster Posey to not play a game. So. They, but the team thinks that. So, I mean, we'd, we'd be arguing with the team. Okay. It's, it's pretty nuts that in, what, 15 games, Brandon Belt's been benched four times? Like, legitimately benched? What's that? Including the home opener. Yeah. And it's nuts that Brandon Belt doesn't get time in other positions. So it, it can only be viewed in one way. You know, Aaron Hill can start in left field, but Brandon Belt can't. Aaron Hill, who, by the way, had never played left field. You know, they put Ishikawa out there and... Um, Chris Marrero well, out there. The difference is this year it's Hunter Pence out there and not some rando. Well, at this point it might as well be. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, but the yeah, but the the fact of the matter is it he gets treated differently, and he gets treated he unfairly for no reason, there, no 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 logical reason. He's just the guy that is the brunt of, of whatever. And I guess, didn't I say, well, I'm not going to talk about Brandon Belt? No. I said it on the Croncast. I wasn't going to talk about one of the relief pitchers. 
I said <laughs> I said on the site I wasn't going to bring up the Belt War stuff. So this is good. I'm still all right. Everything's fine. All right, <laughs> everything's settled here. But I, I mean, mean, when Brandon Belt's not just shooting doubles into the gap or hitting home runs or walking in those strikeout situations, it it fuels the thing. And to be honest, if the whole offense is struggling and he's not doing more than what the like, if he's being as bad as the rest of the offense. You know he's gonna he's gonna be the one that gets picked out. He's gonna be the one every time. That's just the way it is. It sucks, but I mean at the same time, at this point for both sides, I'm like, you know, Brandon Belt should know by now if he strikes out looking, it's gonna be bad for him. So he either doesn't care, if which he is the right out way to swinging, go. It's gonna be bad for him. Yeah, but if at least if he's swinging, he has a better chance of. No, then they're going to say pitch? he's swinging at pitches he shouldn't be swinging at. I mean, it doesn't the logic doesn't apply to these people like that argue that Brandon Belt isn't very good. The people that want to dump on him want to do so to feel better or to vent their frustration or whatever. And it's like there's just no reason. There, there's no. Um, but this is the ins- logic here. This Even is the insanity we have to go against because the people you're talking about are the people who broadcast the goddamn games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like that's that's the thing I'm getting at. Like if it was just confined to the fans and the season ticket holders, the season ticket holders have tremendous power, which we often forget about. But they do determine, dictate to some degree the moves the Giants make, which is it's both nuts and not nuts. It makes sense and it doesn't. But in this sense, like if enough of them turn on Brandon Belt, something could happen. I think well, it's weird. And I mean, it's it's obviously a tough position because because of Buster Posey. Buster Posey is a franchise player, and Buster Posey is the one all the little kids have Buster Posey jerseys of, and and you know that's fine. But like, I, and I guess I, I don't follow other teams really that closely. But do other teams do this where like you know when the catcher is aging, they move him to first base? Is that a thing? I would say the only time that I can recently think of that happening. Oh, you mean like permanently? Well, like to keep him around? Where the first baseman gets benched for the catcher to play when they want the catcher to have a semi-off day. Because wouldn't norm- normally, wouldn't the catcher just have an off day? Right, but other teams... Yeah, but usually other teams don't force the catcher into the first base role. And I guess maybe because Buster Posey played other positions in college, that kind of like gives them the extra degree of versatility... That in their mind, in in the mindset that that's what it could be. It's just, also, go it's ahead. wild to me. It's wild to me that Buster Posey's thirty-one, Brandon Belt's thirty. Brandon Belt, I would say, for his position, is still in the prime of his career. You know, maybe on the, the far end of it. But to to bench a player that's like in their prime just so that the catcher doesn't have to catch every day it just seems ridiculous to me. I like Buster Posey. I like to see Buster Posey play. But if he needs a day off, then give him a full day off. We got to keep that bat in the lineup, and you've got to keep Hunter Pence's bat in the lineup. <laughs> I mean, you, you have to keep Buster Posey's bat in the lineup when you're starting Nick Hundley. That's right. That's right. That. That's right. So I don't know. I don't think there's ever going to be a perfect situation, and no matter what, you know, if the Giants were to after this year, if they lose 100 games or lose 90 games again, or whatever it is, and next year it's the same thing because they're just stubbornly refusing to do anything. And then after Bochi leaves, after his contract's up next year, and like then they can just get rid of all these stubborn old men and bring in new things. Six or seven years from now, when they're halfway competitive, there's still going to be stuff that annoys us about what they do. You know, it's just it's there's always going to be something. That this has been the status quo for four years, right? Five, four, five years, four years of what they're doing and, and the bouncing up and down and, and moving around. And it's, I guess I am way more upset that people are still as upset about this thing happening. That's been going on for four or five years, which probably says more about me than it does about those people. But it is infuriating that every goddamn year we have to do the Brandon belt is blah, blah, blah. And he has to be benched to blah, blah, blah. Like, and that people get so upset about it that they hate Brandon Belt. It's so weird. There is something wrong with that opinion. If you're listening and you disagree, your opinion is wrong. <laughs> like it's it's a feeling. Nobody likes to watch a player strike out. But think about all the other players who strike out all the time. 
And, and while, you, to, while you may be wrong, we appreciate you listening and certainly hope yes, you'll buy the product yeah. that we advertise. I can't imagine that you're that you're still listening at this point. <laughs> you're, these are all belt stands yeah. on this. That is true. But I mean, I mean, listen, Buster Posey grounding into double plays a lot really does bother me to the point that it cools beyond Buster Posey. But it's part of that is like that's who he is. So how mad can I possibly get about it? How mad can I possibly get about Brandon Belt striking out on close pitches? I think in San Diego the other night, he struck out looking on a pitch he probably should have swung at. But against uh, Yasmani Grandal, I'm like, you know what? Yasmani Grandal is making up a strike zone out there. And they're just <laughs> calling wherever he puts the glove, which is nuts. So him striking out does not bother me. And, you know, half the time, one of the things that I will never forget about Brandon Belt is like for two solid seasons, he... You, he could not see a baseball in a certain location of the plate. You just swing through it every time. So Brandon Belt, to me, is going to strike out swinging or looking. It doesn't matter. That's just part of his game. And I just don't think benching him because he struck out when you thought he shouldn't have is a good way to make him not strike out less in the, to make him strike out less in the future. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't know. It'd have been funny if Brandon Belt had come into spring training saying, "Hey, I learned how to catch." That it changed Bruce Bochy's opinion of him. <laughs> um, working our way down the rest of that lineup, Brandon Crawford. Uh, Brandon Crawford, I think it's the last two seasons, it feels like the idea that, I mean, he's got a 744 OPS. He's, he's doing fine. I've never been like, Brandon Crawford, I've always thought Brandon Crawford should not be relied upon as an offensive force. And that the year he hit 20 home runs, or the year he hit all those home runs, was sort of like, uh, great. <laughs> yeah, but he's the one. Oh, never mind. I'm not going down that road. Do it. Well, I mean, I feel like he's the one that looks more traditionally like a more offensive player as opposed to Brandon Belt with the slumpy shoulders. So he's the Brandon that everybody wants to be more successful. Maybe. I, I also think, you know, his defense is still. Uh, elite and uh he makes those plays there you know and so again brandon belt makes a lot of great plays at first base and when he's not there at first base you know buster posey doesn't make the same number of plays that he makes but it's hard to notice the in that situation brandon crawford you can tangibly see all the good he does uh when he's making great plays um I just think, yeah, just the idea that he, he was always projected to not be that great of a hitter, and so whatever they got out of him was a bonus. You know, I just have no criticism for Brandon Crawford. There's just no. <laughs> no, I mean, I think he's completely been what you would yeah. hope. Yeah. Uh, and so in that sense, that's quite a relief. Quite a relief. The Giants essentially have four consist- three consistent hitters. Um, and And then, I don't know, I had this weird thought of, you know, if this was a, if Bochi was getting really weird with it, wouldn't he be playing Pablo Sandoval more? Because Pablo Sandoval is the veteran who's doing everything that's being asked of him. And ordinarily, that would get guys who were struggling and doing nothing that was being asked of them, get them bumped. Yeah, but even Casey McGee lasted like two seasons, or not two seasons, two months, so... I mean, it felt like two seasons. <laughs> well, that, well, see, this is interesting. There is no logic. We could never make a flow chart or a rule book about this. But, you know, Pablo Sandoval is more of a Giants veteran than Evan Longoria. But Evan Longoria has the uh, immovable, he's the guy veteran that you don't touch gold on him um, by Bochi, it seems like. Because he barely moved him down the order just once. Um, you know... I'm not he's sure. Also, he's also new and he's a veteran and they're trying to make him comfortable and hope that he'll start hitting if they don't, you know, don't mess, I don't know, mess with his head too much. So I can see the logic behind that. Well, isn't the give a day to a guy struggling idea, doesn't it kind of suggest Pablo at first, belt and left, pence on the bench? That seems like playing to Bochi's rules a little bit. And making making something happen with the offense. Pence, maybe Pence is a fan favorites level though. So no, no, not permanently. I'm just saying these one these one game auditions of like Buster catching Pablo at first because if you're not going to put Longoria on the bench, then you've got you know Pablo at first. Well, right, but then is Brandon Belt ever going to play first base again? <laughs> Between Buster Posey and Pablo Sandoval. 
Well, that already happened, right? Pablo Sandoval already played first base in Buster Posey Cot. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, none of it makes sense. It just, none of it makes sense. That's it. There's, no, there's nothing more to be said. None of it makes sense. Thanks for all I know is that, yeah, all I know is the Giants can't score runs, and it seems nuts that you wouldn't play one of your best players consistently. I agree. It, it seems nuts that you wouldn't play one of your best players consistently, even if they could score runs. <laughs> if you were scoring yes. a lot of runs, you're like, wait, why am I doing yes. this? Yes. I'm going to do the opposite of this. <laughs> uh, a quick shout out, though. Gregor Blanco and Gorky Hernandez have both performed very well in their uh, pinch hitting and you know spot play roles there, which is nice. It's so young in the season, it's whatever. But I think Gregor Blanco being good is exciting. And and I think I'm now firmly on the side of like, I just like Gorky's Hernandez. So <laughs> that's a problem, see, Doug, because I'm setting you up for the next thing, the next subject of who, who would go if Mac Williamson ever gets called up. Let's just talk about Mac Williamson for a second. The the hot hitting out. He's not a prospect anymore. The minor leaguer <laughs> and the giant system, Mac Williamson, who is playing what left field these days. So he's playing mostly right field. Yesterday he played left field for the first time this year. Uh, he, you know, he he didn't homer yesterday, which was which was a problem. He went three for three with two walks. That's why so he's not he's, getting called up right there. Yeah, yeah, so he's hitting he's hitting five forty eight in Triple A right now. I said that right, five forty eight. <laughs> I'm going to repeat that, five forty eight. Yeah, but it's hey, only fifteen what? games, so it doesn't count. Um, I just I just want everyone listening. Raise your hand if you think Hunter Pence would hit 548 over any 15 games in AAA. Um, I know that I can't actually hear you, but it doesn't matter because nobody's raising their hands. Has it even been 15 games? Didn't their season start after the Major League season? Yeah, I, I think it's less. Um, Which is more impressive. In my opinion. Unless it's only like seven games. But it's like 12, right? It is something like that. Yeah, they've been playing... They have played Mac, – Mac Williamson has played nine games. Hmm. See, um, that's, that's like he – it's like he played zero games. <laughs> so that's 40, 41 plate appearances right now. Um, and his, his slugging percentage, by the way, went down yesterday because he had three singles and three at-bats. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, he's And he's always been a, a – a, plus defender, or he's always been a really good outfielder, I should say. Yep. He has a great arm. He is fast. He, uh, he's, he's a good player, I think. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, sometimes there are problems making the transition to the majors. Not everyone can do it. But on the other hand, what do you have to lose? Well, you can't lose the clubhouse, and you do that if you... This is the part that always makes me scratch my head. Don't you lose the clubhouse if your team sucks? <laughs> that that happened last year. Seriously, doesn't losing games cause you to lose a clubhouse? So if you're not doing it, you know, I I mean, are you that are people that worried about losing the uh players who are bad <laughs> that are causing the team to lose? That's what the fear is, right? Well, if I bench Hunter Pence, I might lose Hunter Pence. But Hunter Pence is why you're losing the games in the team anyway. <laughs> um, I don't think Hunter Pence is a problem. I'm sorry that I sound like I'm even remotely picking on him. It's just there's some bad players on the team. He seems like an easy enough target. Uh, what does Mac Williamson bring that the Giants are lacking? Do you think the Giants think they're lacking? I don't think he brings anything that they think they're lacking. I think he brings power. He, uh, do they yeah, think yeah. they're lacking power, or do they think that the power just hasn't shown up yet? I, I I'm going to be the Giants right now, Doug. You have to sell me on 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 Mac Williamson. You haven't had anyone hit 20 home runs in 40 years. Why? <laughs> why is Mac Williamson going to be the first? Because he hits lots of homers and has lots of power. Not at the major league level. Your face doesn't have power at the major league level. <laughs> And then the Giants go, you got us there. So. <laughs> I think that was a really good exercise that shows. Yeah. The, the in conclusion, in conclusion and finally, you're stupid. <laughs> no, so the the way that Mac Williamson would get called up to start 
is if Hunter Pence goes on the DL. I mean, that's really it. Um, I'm not saying he's injured. I'm not saying he's not injured. But uh, Hank Shulman brought up yet, uh, Saturday on Twitter that one year the Giants put uh, Guillermo Moda on the DL for months with something that was not really an injury. Like he had it. It was technically an injury, but it wasn't keeping him from pitching, and it wasn't keeping him from pitching well. And so that's kind of what they might have to do if Pence is not actually hurt. So he runs hard out of the box on some ball he swings big at and just barely taps. And then he's thrown out, and in looking disappointed, the Giants pounce on that moment and spin it into, oh, he was hurt. Not that he was just bummed he got thrown out. It's he tweaked something, and now he's out for two months. But here's the question. Would that automatically put Mac Williamson into the starting lineup? Because if I'm Bobby, Bobby Evans or Brian Sabian, I have two hurdles to clear here. I've got to come up with a reason to get Hunter Pence on the disabled list. Then I've got, I've got to have Bruce Bochy leave his body so that he is not consciously making decisions. Because there's no effing way he would consciously put Mac Williamson in the starting lineup. No, so here's, here's what they would need to do. <laughs> without Bruce Bochy leaving his body. Um, they would need to call up Mac Williams and say, start him. And then Bochy would start him unequivocally for three games. And if Mac Williamson had a good three, had a very good three games, he would get to start for the next three games. And if he was good for that whole week, he might get another week. And so that's basically it. He would have to have the good luck to be called up at a time when they're not facing like Zach Granke every night. Uh, I, I don't know how they face Zach Granke every night, but it feels like that sometimes. <laughs> um, and then he would have to do well. And that's not something... And what? Because Bruce Boshi does not trust the scouting reports. Bruce Boshi does not trust what he sees before the game. He doesn't trust BP. What he trusts is the the success he's seen a player have at the major league level. And he has what? not seen it back as much as he would want. Sammy, go ahead. And when he does well, when he does come up and he does play well for like two or three games in a row, like he immediately gets benched. So I don't even think that strategy would work. So go, he's playing really well, well, so give him a day off and then another day off. Because you can't have him be so good that he shows up a veteran who would need that spot. Well, so I like mean, Gregor- yeah, Gorky's got a hit yesterday, so you've got to keep that hot bat in the lineup. <laughs> you know, but Mac Williamson, you don't want him showing up Gregor Blanco. Gregor Blanco's given his heart and soul for this team. You can't. Yeah, well, that's a different question that maybe we should have asked. I should have asked instead, which is, what would Mac Williamson have to do to get past the first three games of playing time? Like it's like a video game level. What does he need to do <laughs> to complete that level to get to the next one? Here, and I would say he's got a homer. He's got to have three homers in those first three games. I I think if he had in those three games, if he had at least two homers and at least two games with two hits and he got a hit in the other game, I think that would be enough. I think he would have to... If he goes like... Go, it's fine. Oh, I think he would have to wear Hunter Pence's jersey. (laughs) 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 So it's not Bruce... It's not Bochy leaving his body. It's like a heist to do an old switcheroo uniform-wise. Um you know, I feel like Hunter Pence is a good enough guy. He would just help him out. <laughs> like, he would just do that. And then he'd be giving Mac Williamson Hunter Pence lessons off to the side. Like, here's how you be me. <laughs> and there's like a whole wig involved. I don't know. Uh, I guess at this point, it's both, it's both too early to really say one way or the other. But also so early that why not just try some shit? <laughs> I mean... How do you separate the two seasons, really? How do you not say because the whole they're all they're trying to do is prevent last year from repeating itself, right? That's that's literally all they tried to do this offseason. Because if they've been trying to do more than that, they would have done more than what they did. And you know, the whole staying under the luxury tax and all that and and not addressing the pitching almost at all. You know, that's all based on we're just trying to be better than last year. And you're the Giants were six and nine last year, 
So you're already not better than last year. You're at the same pace right now. And it's not going to get easier for the rest of the month. So at what point, because you didn't do it for six months last year, at what point do you say, maybe we should try something different? Maybe we should just do a little different and see what sticks. Maybe it doesn't make sense Uh, to call up Mac Williamson, but you're using the sense of the last season. Your your mentality is stuck in the we suck mode. So get how no, I, think, I, I, I think it'll be when they've been bad enough for long enough that ownership clears house cleans house and gets rid of you know most of the front office and the coaching staff. I think that's going to be what it is because they have a way they work. They have they have the same way they've operated. I wrote about this in the off season. They have the same way that they, they've operated for more than twenty years. Um, this is just who they are. This is who they want to be. And you're not going to be able to talk them out or logic them out of being this way. They've won three World Series like this. They had a really great run, you know, from 97 to 03. Uh, They think it works. And they're going to think it works until they're gone. So that's what I think. Well, as soon as you said that, yes, I agree with you. But I agree with you 99%. You know the 1% I don't agree with you with? Something weird happened where they had to put Cody Ross on the playoff roster. (laughs) And that is what turned their 2010 fortunes around. They wanted Jose Guillen. So you're right. They're not going to change it. What we need is something completely unexpected and out of their control to make them do so. Hold on. That sounds bad. Nope, I'm not trying to incite anyone to do anything weird. I'm just saying but that's what needs to happen in order for them to do something even 2% different than how they normally operate. Please, please no one send no HGH one. to Hunter Pence's yeah, house. Nothing like that at all. Uh, but it could be Hunter Pence saying like, hey, you know what, maybe you don't have to play me every day. <laughs> Can we just put like a Hearthstone console in the clubhouse? Is that what that's called? Hearthstone? Hearthstone. <laughs> No, no, the big one now is uh, Fortnite. Fortnite, yeah. okay. Put that in the clubhouse. And maybe he gets like Carpal Tunnel. There's the DL injury. Figured it out. Boom. All right. Nailed <laughs> Did it. Did you just wish Carpal Tunnel on the 100 pence? <laughs> it's curable. He'll be fine. <laughs> it's from video games. He got the enjoyment. <laughs> no, I wasn't wishing. No. I know. Nothing weird is happening. I don't want anything weird to happen. It's just, you're absolutely right, Doug. It's just amazing to me to think that the biggest break the Giants ever got had them doing something that was against their will. It was against their plans. <laughs> like they didn't even want Cody Ross. And then they certainly were not planning to play him and like put him on the postseason roster. And they, they basically had to, it's like two weird things with that. Like they were basically forced into winning, <laughs> which is bizarre. All right. Final topic before we go to the Twitter questions and our picks to click the pitching staff specifically, I may have been wrong about Josh Osich. <laughs> uh, one thing is Christian Villanueva is not some hot prospect. He's like, he's like a 27. He's been in the minor leagues for a long time. Kind of a Mac Williamson situation. And I really like the fact that he changed his approach. This is the Padres Christian Villanueva. That uh, in Sunday's game, he sort of changed his approach after his first plate appearance. I think it was after his first plate appearance. But he started attacking the first pitch a lot. Uh, and it was beautiful that Tyler Beattie just decided to, th- I'm going to get ahead by throwing a, a pitch right down the middle. Um, and I think it was supposed to be a curveball anyway, so at least he had that going. But then Josh Osich comes in and he's like, I'm going to throw a fastball down the middle. <laughs> and Villanueva was like, I'm swinging at anything, the first pitch, especially if it's a fastball. And it was right there. Uh, Josh Osich, I've always contended, was not a good pitcher to bring in with runners on base. And then he did. You were well. right. That's, that yes. is technically <laughs> true. Yes, he did well in the spring and he did well in that first Sunday night appearance with runners on base. Or that first uh, opening, the opening day with runners on base. And then he was bad after that with runners on base. But what I have not added to my opinion is that he's bad with no runners on base. <laughs> yeah. I fear that the Josh Osich experiment is over. And I don't like to say that because it's incredibly hard to play baseball and the Giants make it look even harder than it is. But he <laughs> especially, I don't know what's going on what's mental and what's physical because talent wise there's tail on his pitches 
he's his fastball is good. His slider, like this, is not quite Alan Embry here, right? Where it's just straight lines on the pitches. Right. But he can. Oh, I remember that yeah, year. That he, was rough. Yeah, he can't. He can't throw it if it's a strike. It's down the middle. He can't hit corners whatsoever. He has no deception in his game. Um, I mean, I I think of him and I go, I know why Bochi keeps going back to him because he's trying to make Josh Osich happen until Will Smith gets back. The problem is Will Smith's not going to be 100% for a while, so I'm very fearful that Josh Osich is hanging around for a lot longer. Brian, Brian, you completely missed the joke there. What? The problem is Josh Osich is not going to happen. <laughs> you keep trying to make Josh Osich happen. Just stop trying to make Josh Osich happen. He's not going to happen. <laughs> He's not going to happen. We need Mac Williamson to put on his jersey. <laughs> uh, that, that's next the, pitch next, yes. next alright each of us have one one pitcher to remove from the from the pitching staff knowing that that hobbles the Giants of course who are you <laughs> taking out I'm taking Josh Osage out Sam Dyson does this mean I also cannot take Josh Osage or Sam Dyson <laughs> that's right <laughs> Jeez, you are you are smart to jump on that, Sammy. I feel like you have some <laughs> options still. So. Um, well, they already got rid of uh, they already got rid of Edie and Suarez. Oh man, we didn't yeah. even talk about Suarez. Uh, while you think about that, put a pin in it for a second. That was one of the most impressive Giants starting pitcher debuts of the last ten years. Suarez against uh, the Diamondbacks last week. Um, seven strikeouts and no walks, and the runs that were charged to him were Josh Osage and, and Josh Osage's fault. So, uh, I would say that that I'm trying to think. Uh, besides the obvious people, I'm just actually I should hold it to the last five years. Who was better than him in the last five years? Debuts, pitching debuts. I, uh... I, I'm, I'm having trouble thinking of one. Yeah, I don't. I don't think any of them were because uh, Chris Heston's first start in 2015 was great, but he did his first major league start was actually the last game of 2014, which was nothing special. Um, Chris Heston is Chris Heston oh, is no, Giants first, Oh no, Ty Block's second start. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, I think Suarez is better than anyone in the last five years, which you know, not it's a not high so bar much. to clear. Not a high bar to clear, of course. <laughs> but it, certainly, even contextualizing within the last ten years. It's it's up there, it's certainly up there. I mean, it, it was better. Depth. It was better than Lincecum start, right? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, to be fair, there wasn't a Shane Victorino on the Diamondbacks to run into Omar Vizquel right. and not get called for it. <sighs> that place still upsets me. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> All right, I, I filibustered enough. Who's your pick? Who's All right, I, I guess I'm going to have to go with Derek Law. Oh, yeah. Uh, My yeah. opinion on Derek Law is I've been out on Derek Law. Didn't I not reiterate that last week? I think I did. He's, he's not the guy from 2016. No, he, I'm out. But he's looked better this year than he did last, than he did last season. And so I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that he could turn <laughs> it around. Maybe not for the Giants, but if you know, maybe for another team. But the fastball's up, up around 94 now, right? And it was kind of last year was more than 91, 92. Um, he can't, he's still not consistent with his pitches, but that's kind of a reliever issue. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I think there's still something there, but he still hasn't looked great. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to him being sent down. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. That, you get rid of those three pitchers. I, I don't think the Giants are worse. Yeah, just replace them with better pitchers. That's <laughs> that's all. Solved. That's it. <laughs> Let's move on to our Twitter questions for the week, which we got a couple this week. But we always ask for your Twitter questions at Mick Croncast. What do you think? Do you think I should merge that with the McCovey Cron handle now? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, whatever. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's whatever. Send us your questions about. It could be about anything. It doesn't even have to be about baseball. And so we'll go jump right to the first question from at S Svensson 19. Steve Svensson asks, pick a fictional baseball movie character to be introduced into the Giants makeshift rotation. 
I'll go Henry Rowan Gardner post strong arm. And then hashtag float it. Pick a fictional baseball movie character to go into the Giants makeshift rotation. This is good that he said fictional baseball movie because <laughs> if you'd picked any movie or like left it open, then it could have been, yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, otherwise yeah. you could have just picked like right. Captain America. Right. <laughs> or just straight up Iron Man. So <laughs> you, well, you can't wear the iron suit on the field. Can't wear <laughs> you wear, he wear under the uniform. <laughs> or Black Panther, that wouldn't be fair. Although, does Black Panther have sh- strength when he like? Can he throw things harder with it? That I think so. He, he yeah. has the extra powers that they gave him, and I don't think that's only when he's in the suit. I think he's got those all the time. So I guess yeah, he can just, transfer the kinetic energy with him all the time. But uh, yeah, he'd have to catch a like a line drive that comes right back at him. And then take yeah. that energy and throw it. Then he can do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it'd be if, a good... If the catcher throws it really hard to him... That's right. Then he could take that and just... <laughs> so he'd be really great to have um, because Posey, you know, he's got that arm. So Posey That's throws right. it hard back to him and he just picks it up and wherever he wants. But Which we we're getting seen... off topic because it's a baseball yeah. movie. We haven't seen too yeah. much of Posey's arm because not a lot of runners are on second base. They're usually rounding second base. <laughs> uh, they're playing the Giants. Anyway, um... I am the kid from Rookie of the Year. Oh, that's 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 the one from the from the question. That's what we picked. Dang it! Yeah, I got nothing. Oh well, I... here I've got one. I've got a uh, Kevin Costner from For Love of the Game. Billy Chapel. Billy Chapel. Here's why: he's old and washed up, and he doesn't want to be on the Giants. That's right. That's... He does the the movie. Have you seen that movie, Sammy? Which I don't think so. For for the love of the game, it's a Kevin Costner movie directed by Sam Raimi of the Spider Man movies and and Evil Dead, obviously. But uh, and that that movie, it's basically a romantic comedy or a romantic drama. But the baseball stuff is way better. But it opens with him being told he's going to be traded because he's old and he costs too much, and they're going to trade him to San Francisco. And it's like he got punched in the dick. He's so upset. About it. <laughs> When was this movie made? 99. Okay, fair enough. So it's about him going to Yankee Stadium and pitching a perfect game and then like between each batter does flashbacks to his relationship and relationships with some of the hitters and all that. He's basically pitching the game of his life because his career is over and he's at this huge crossroads emotionally. That's the perfect Giants pitcher. That would be perfect. That's what they need. And also they would take Kevin Costner today (laughs) <laughs> pitching in that rotation and the Giants would still think he's 10 years too young uh, it's crazy that as much as the Giants the Giants really put a fresh coat of paint on their organization this offseason and said it's it's different it's t- <laughs> we're totally different <laughs> they they were like oh this is oh our metal is rusting let's just slap some paint on this That's right. they is that like rust proof paint nope nope just regular paint now people won't be able to tell uh, I'm kind of co-signing that, but actually you could do, there's two, there's another choice that we're missing here. I can't remember the character's name, but um, Tony Danza's pitcher in in uh, Angel Angels in the Outfield. And that was a pitcher, oh, it sounds dead silence. You guys didn't see that movie. I, 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 did, I don't remember Tony Danza's part that well. Tony Danza just, plays a washed up pitcher. Comically, I just remember the comically inept Angels. Who are then helped by comically apt angels. Yes. Adept. <laughs> comically adept. Yes. Uh, in that movie, uh, Tony Danza plays a washed up pitcher who's got a chip on his shoulder. And I think he has maybe a rough relationship with his daughter or something. Maybe. And the main character, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, is an orphan. And so there's that weird relationship dynamic there. of Oh, maybe. No, no. Because he gets adopted by Danny Glover's manager, right. I think. I can't. Yeah, that's what happened. Anyway, Tony Danza is pitching for his life, and then the angel tells him that Tony Danza's character has cancer, and he's going to die in six months. <laughs> That's the perfect that. Giants pitcher. <laughs> they would take Tony Danza right now, today, <laughs> and say he's 10 years too young. Anyway, 
<laughs> They're both Tony Danza and Kevin Costner are both ten years too young. I mean, are they? I mean, it feels like they're already an improvement over Beatty and Block. If you put those two in the back, of, then the rotation is um, is uh, Derek Holland, uh, Chris Stratton, and Tony Danza, <laughs> Kevin Costner. What a what a strong sounding rotation! I'm for this. They that is. This. I mean, it would it would get the eyeballs, which That's is right. really. Um, All right, next question and our final question of the week. Who is your favorite MLB commissioner and why is it William Eckert? And this comes from Rob Hayner at Robert Hayner. And I think I should have researched this because I don't understand any of this question. Who is my favorite MLB commissioner? One, why would I have a favorite MLB commissioner? (laughs) Two, why is it William Eckert? Well, I don't know who the hell that is. So you got me there. Well, okay. So obviously, my favorite uh, MLB commissioner is Bart Giamatti because one, he's Paul Giamatti's dad, uh, and two, he died before he did anything bad that I've heard of. So, <laughs> didn't he? Are, he was the one who banned. Uh, oh, Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Was he? Yeah, maybe that's fine. I think that's a perfectly fine thing to do. No, I, I was going to say that's he. He did that and died. <laughs> <laughs> what a legacy. <laughs> And he has that quote that everyone likes, too. I mean, uh, are we, we're all for him being banned, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only downside to banning him is that people pay attention to him whining about being banned. <laughs> That's literally it. So Bart, uh, I think he was because Bart Giamatti said there is absolutely no deal for reinstatement, and uh, yeah, yeah, and he met with him and he was one of the investigators in it. So yeah, yeah, uh, baseball. It's it's a pretty amazing when out of baseball players you still somehow are a bigger scumbag than most <laughs> baseball players like that, and that's the reason you can't be- get in the game. Baseball is is a is a refuge for scumbags it it invites them in baseball is a gross and it's also just a gross sport and you can't do the things with your crotch and your spit and your snot anywhere else in the world (laughs) Uh, just the awful things that are done in in the name of baseball and pete rose still did worse things (laughs) pretty amazing they're like look there's just this literally one thing you can't do The one thing, and Peter was like, okay, but hear me out on this. I want to. So. Okay, let's do our picks to click for this coming week. Uh, let's do a quick review of last week, actually. Some, some big news there. You know, we talk about these things uh, when we're not recording, and, and Doug and Sammy recapped it beautifully. Now I'm hoping I can catch lightning in a bottle twice, and you guys can just do what you just did. Like who we had? Doug, uh, had... Well, I, took, I took Austin Jackson, which did not work. Uh, Brian, who did you take? I took Brandon Belt. I thought he was going to play angry this week, and I think he did. I think it really <laughs> messed him up. <laughs> he was really bad. He was really bad. Then uh, who did you take? I took Evan Longoria, who actually had a pretty good week. He had a great. He had a good week, and I said if. If that wins, that Sammy is now in the lead. She'll get two points. So Sammy is now in the lead, two one zero. Uh, Doug, you got to get on the board here. I know it's it's sad. I'm I'm not doing well. What did you see uh, in Evan Longoria, Sammy? You just thought he couldn't be that bad for another week. I, yeah, pretty much. And so, like this week, can I pick make my pick for this week along the same lines? Oh, real quick, I'll this review. It's going to be uh, today's the off day. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is in Arizona, and then this next weekend series is going to be in uh, Anaheim, Los Angeles, and they might be facing Shohei Otani. So they are not facing Shohei. They're Shoei. not facing him. Okay, that's for sure. All right. Okay, so that's that's just looking at the next five games. It's going to be tough. Whoever the Giants play, it's going to be tough. All right, who do you have? Oh, well, I changed my mind, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to I was going to uh, reverse curse Hunter Pence, but if they're going to Arizona, I'm going to pick Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt, Okay. All right, I'm going with the other Brandon. I'm going with Brandon Crawford. Brandon Crawford. All right. You know what I had my head? Uh, I'm just going to say it because I don't mind losing, I guess. Pablo Sandoval. 
Wow. Because you said Arizona. I'm like, oh, he always does well in Arizona. So I'm going going Pablo Sandoval. (laughs) (laughs) Now, okay, so if he only, like, shows up in, you know, I mean, we'll have to play it by ear. Yeah. If he does well in his appearance, then you still get you would I would say it still counts as a win for you. So if he hits like a game winning home run, then it then right. that's something or like an, a big RBI or something. But yeah, okay. that, both of your choices, you have a much better chance of winning. I'm just saying he might DH. Brandon Belt's surely going to get benched. I don't know why you picked him or like why <laughs> anyone would why I would pick him. Why anyone would? Um, so what yeah. you're so what you're saying is Brian. By going with the option to, that will make it less likely you'll win, you are doing the most Giants thing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I really Bruce Bochied this, uh, this game here. <laughs> okay, so that'll do it. Uh, thanks for your Twitter questions. You can send them to us at any time during the week. You can uh, follow us at McCroncast or at McCoveyCron or at Grant Brisby or... <laughs> At Moonwalk McFly, that's Doug's Twitter, and then yep. at Sammy Higgins for mm-hmm. Sammy, and we're all there. And you can bother us. No, don't bother us. Don't bother <laughs> us, uh, especially if you don't like Brandon Belt. But thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Thanks. Bye.